for women who want to live simpler, better lives. I'm your host, Geordie Lucas. I'm the founder and editor of It's All Her. I'm a mum to a toddler, and I was an actor in a previous life. Each week, I'm joined by a guest to talk about their life, their work, and of course, how they make life simpler and better. For the latest, head to itsallher.com or follow us on socials. Let's get to this week's episode. Welcome back. It is nice to be back in your ears. We took a few weeks just to step away from the podcast with everything going on in the world. I felt like I was being a little bit tone deaf by releasing a podcast. I know I haven't even judged anyone else for releasing their podcast in the last few weeks, but I don't know. It just feels like a really heavy time and I just took a step back. So we're back now till the end of the year. Very excited. Today's guest is fabulous. But I just wanted to quickly start off by thanking everyone who has sent me a beautiful message on Instagram. My character, Summer Hoyland, is returning to Neighbours for two episodes only next week and the week after, which is really exciting. I've been keeping this from you for a very long time. I oh, They got in touch months and months and months ago, and I ended up shooting in June, July. So it's been a long time coming. It's been really hard keeping it as a secret because I've been so excited to tell you all and I was on the front cover of TV week this week which was a huge surprise and I have just received so many beautiful messages from so many of you telling me how much you loved summer how excited you are to see summer back on screens and without knowing you have actually healed a little part of me I'm going to try and tell you this story without getting emotional because I was tearing up telling my mum about this this morning I was I was thinking last night I was I was reading all the beautiful comments I've never made it a secret that it wasn't my choice uh, to leave the show and whilst I completely understand that it was a creative decision there was new producers they wanted to put their own stamp on the show I wasn't the only one to not have my contract renewed it is incredibly hard not to take it personally and not to feel like Maybe you haven't done a good job and social media wasn't around. So we weren't getting that immediate feedback from fans of the show that the actors and and the production gets now. And so there was a part of me that was a little bit nervous to go back even just for a short amount of time. Obviously, the whole acting thing didn't work for me. I moved straight to LA after I finished the show and yeah, it, it didn't work out and I came back and I haven't really been working as an actor at all, I've done voiceover work and some presenting, but as far as acting goes, it's you know pretty obvious that it didn't work out. And it is hard to, to not be hard on yourself sometimes and question, well, maybe it's because I wasn't very good and maybe they got rid of me from Neighbours because I wasn't very good and no one liked me and that's why acting never worked for me beyond that. But to get all of these messages of, of support and love for Summer has healed that little part of me. So thank you very much for that. Let's get to this week's guest. Rhiannon Anderson recently came second in this year's season of MasterChef. Like all of us, she wears a few different hats. She's a mum of five, a wife, daughter, worker and friend. And just a few years ago, she decided that life is too short not to follow that fire in your belly. Fast forward to now, she has a growing media presence and a career within the food industry. And she feels like she's only just getting started. 
Here's my chat with Rhiannon Anderson. Rhiannon, thank you so much for joining us on It's All Her this week. I'm really excited to chat with you because me and my daughter, my four-year-old daughter, watched MasterChef this year um, and we watched your whole journey. How has it been since the show ended? Oh, thank you. No, it's been amazing. Um, I've had a lot on. Like, actually, speaking of, like, your mini, I've got, like, a dumpling teaching class at one of the local shopping centres with, like, an adult and their mini. So whether it be a mum or a dad, a son or or an auntie, an uncle, whatever. Um, So I've got that. But I've, I've just been really busy. It's been, like, pretty chaotic. I've had a lot of things going on, like, you know, doing in-store promotions for local places and creating meals and, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty chaotic. It's been really good though, so positive. Yeah, I can imagine. Let's take it back to our life before MasterChef. I read that your passion for food comes from your mum. Your mum taught you how to cook. Uh, tell us a little bit about sort of your love affair with, with food. I've like literally loved food. So when my mum and dad split up, I was 11 and mum decided to become a chef. Like she's always loved food. So um, I would have to cook for the siblings. There was four of us and mum would go to work at night and I'm the second eldest and I was just like, I'll do it. I'm happy to cook. I love. And so it's literally started, but it's been my whole life. Like my mum and my aunties lived in the kitchen, you know, and all they would do is laugh and cook all day. And my grandma was yeah. a great cook. My dad's a really good cook. So, yeah, it's just a whole family thing. Beautiful. And then you have raised five kids. You're a mum of five. Yeah. Tell me how you navigated raising five kids when it comes to cooking for them because I've only got one and it can be tricky creating a meal that one of them enjoys. How did you go through that dinner time sort of part of the day where you're feeding five kids? I used to just make it really fun. Like I would like literally take them to different countries every night. I'd be like, okay, tonight we're going to Mexico. Tonight we're going to Thailand. So I used to make it like I really wanted wanted them to be culturally aware through food. So I used to like take them to different countries. And also if they told me they didn't like something, it was like challenge accepted. So I would go, okay, next minute they'd have it in tomorrow night's dinner and I'd go, do you realise that that dinner had anchovies all through it? And they'd go, no. So then from as they got older, they just went and they eat everything because they're kind of like, well, if you put it in the right way, um, we'll eat it if it tastes good. Did you have any of them that were really picky eaters? Yeah, my youngest, Monique, she didn't like mushrooms and I love mushrooms, but I didn't care. It still got put in dishes. (laughs) I might have to blend it up a little bit or make it smaller. Um, Yeah, so she didn't like that. And even Dean's twins, when I first met them, they never ate avocado. I'm like, who doesn't eat avocado? Now they're like obsessed with it. So um, it's just the way you prepare it. For me, it's like always been about flavour and making sure it's something that they'll actually enjoy. What were you doing for for work as you were raising your kids? And I guess when did you decide that you were going to really pursue cooking? I was a full-time banker for 11 years. So I was a lending manager, a bank manager. Um, so I did, I did full-time banking and then I did an accounting-style role um, at one of the companies in Townsville for three years. And, and then I went just, and I, I would do our transport business at night. 
And then I ended up doing um, our transport business full time. We just got too busy. So um, it was just, you just juggle it. I don't, look, looking back, I have no idea how I did it. I'm like, how did I work? I was doing some days, 12-hour days at the bank, coming home, renovating, running a business, looking after kids. Um, I just think you just do it. You don't even realise that you're actually doing it. You just go into full time. And I used to sleep a lot better back then because I must have been so tired. (laughs) But my love of cooking, like I've always loved it and I, the, it's been years and years since I've wanted to get into cooking but because my mum was sick for three and a half years and raising kids, it was never the right time to go and change my career. So um, the flexibility of having our own business in the end with mum was really good. Like it helped for me to be able to help her and take her to all her chemo appointments and all that sort of thing. So it wasn't until just before mum passed away that I said, I'm going to go on MasterChef. And she said, you need to do it. And I said, you won't be here to see me. And she said, yes, I will. I'll be watching. I'll be yelling. Put more salt on it. Um, So she goes, I'll be watching you. So I was Yeah, and that's when I just went, that was my permission to go and do something wholly and solely for myself. I, so many of our of our listeners and our audience are mums and I think it's so common that we lose ourselves to our children. We become, you know, our kids become our lives and, and we often put our wants and needs and our passions on the back burner. But then I guess you've got this extra layer of you're being reminded how fragile and, and you know, short life is. Yeah, it definitely made me go, you know, Like I've watched mum, my mum worked until she, as soon as she retired, she got diagnosed. So her retirement was literally chemo and sickness and illness for three and a half years. So it made me go, why am I just coasting along? Like all the kids have left home. Um, And, you know, it's sort of, I just went, why am I not finally going to just go and give it a crack and do something for myself, wholly and solely, you know, because we do give everything of ourselves to our kids, to our families, to everyone. And um, I just sort of went, yeah, you know, mum, when she said you need to do it, I went, you know what, I really do. I really, you know, I'm 47. It's like my life's not over just because the kids have left home. It's like time just to keep going and actually doing something that I love, like that's me, 100%, you know, because in finance that was that was just a thing just to get us along, you know, like it was a good job and all the rest of it, but um, it wasn't my passion. So tell me a little bit about the audition process for MasterChef. Yeah, so that's pretty full on. Like we went down to Brisbane and you have to do, the first thing you have to do is a mystery box. And if you get through that day, then you get into the next day. And first off, you've got to obviously send in a video of yourself and and your top five dishes or what have you, and then they contact you. And when you go through the audition, but you've got to do the mystery box. And I remember going home that very night and saying to Dean, why am I doing this to myself? (laughs) This is so stressful. And then because I got invited back the next day, which I didn't expect, um, I went and cooked the next day and and then and then yeah, I got I got invited on the show and I was going, I don't even know how this is happening. And and I think because, you know, it was so it was stressful and I was like, Oh, you know what? Get out of your comfort zone. Just go for it. Yeah. You know, like what have you got to lose? 
when did you sort of find your your confidence within the competition? Because I'm sure, you know, you're amongst what is the, the top 18 or 20 to begin with, and I'm sure yeah. that there's a lot of big characters in there. Yeah. How long did it take you to think, oh, you know what, I actually do have what it takes here, I, c- I can do this? Um, I don't think I ever thought that. I'm not going to lie. I um, I always thought I wasn't good enough. Um, and I definitely always thought there was a lot better than me. Um, and I just treated it cook by cook. I never, ever once thought I've got this. Top five was when I was like, absolutely, I can't believe I'm top five. You know, top ten, I was like, I can't believe I'm top ten. But definitely I think around top 12, I went, okay, I'm getting in the groove. And, you know, you get a bit more used to the process and that's that's probably more what it was and it was just work hard. All I was about was just working as hard as I can and if I go, I go, you know what I mean? Like I didn't feel like, I felt like getting on the show was an achievement in itself so I didn't ever look ahead of that. It was cook by cook for me and that was how I treated the whole competition. What was the filming schedule like? It was massive. Like, you know, you do five days. Sometimes it could be 12 to 16 hours. Like sometimes it could be, you know, a weekend. Um, It was full on. And then like, you know, and then you spend your weekends just cooking. If you're not in the MasterChef kitchen, you're practising, but you don't know what you're practising because you don't know what's coming up. So it's just do all your skills, you know, practise your pastries, practise your pastas. Um, and then just come in with flavours and hopefully when something comes in, you go, oh, I'll bring in that skill to go with that dish, you know, or, or that flavour, yeah. There Was there a challenge that you thought, oh, gosh, this could be the end of me? The finale. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely this could be the end of me. But, um, no, but I think, um, yeah, look, I, I actually, I was in the bottom a lot, like, um, I tended to go into round two quite a bit. And a lot of times I would think when I'm in round two, it's me, I'm gone, that's it. Um, because you just you don't know how well the other guys have gone. You don't know what their flavours are like, you know what I mean? So um, you might go in, like I've had dishes where I've gone, I'm actually really proud of this dish, and then it's just been complete crap. <laughs> no 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 and I'm like oh okay all right peel me back to you know and I was like all right I'll go again so every time I went into second round I always thought I was going home so something that I've always uh wondered about is how do they keep the food like nice and hot while they're setting up new shots because it all looks so seamless on tv but the reality is that once you guys have cooked then they have to set up new shots and everything how do they preserve everyone's food so that things don't go soggy or like talk us through that a little bit oh look I've got to say like it's so seamless because it's such an amazing team like the guys mm. in the background are so good but um they don't the judges have it cold like it gets put if it's ice cream it stays in the freezer if it's a piece of meat you know it may need to go in the fridge um so it's kind of one of those things that um they eat it as they come around so they do get to eat it hot. You know, you make an extra dish. Yeah, right. yeah, so they get the gauge. If you are cooking a hot dish, they get the gauge of what it's supposed to be like while it's hot. 
Um, and then when they're tasting it, then it's cold. So, yeah, yeah I can't, I, some of the things might taste pretty gross cold and some would still be okay, ice cream. But, um, yep. yeah, so no, they definitely eat it quite cold. So tell me about the finale as well because I'm pretty sure I read this right, that they filmed two endings. So they filmed a shot with you ending and then was it Brent that won? Um, They filmed his version of him winning. And then is this correct that you had no idea until you actually watched the finale that you had come second? No, they were actually really kind. They actually did ring Brent and I, I want to say, one to two weeks later. Um, So when when we finished the show, and generally they don't tell you, but... um, Anyway, they rang and they said, we want you to know. And and they said, you've come second. And I went, I already know. I already, in my heart, I already thought that. Um, mm-hmm. And they were sort of like, how do you feel? And I said, oh, you know what? I'm just bloody wrapped I was there. You know, I never yeah. had my family there. Like, you know, only two of us got to have that, you know. And, um, you know, Brent's got a little family. And to see him win that big amount of money for his wife and his baby on the way and he's you know little boy it was like I didn't ever feel like I lost I always felt like I just won by being on the show yeah yeah and obviously this season was uh it was it was a strange one in that it was Jock's last yeah. uh season and we you know tragically found out that he'd passed just days before the the series was meant to go to air it was actually the day of the premiere and I um I read it and I thought someone's playing a joke on me. Like, this isn't right. And then, like, because we got an email from our publicity team and um, and then my friends are going, oh, my God, have you seen what's on socials? And then it started popping up everywhere and it all became very real. Um, I actually had a whole movie theatre booked out. I'd been cooking all day for the premiere. And, um, you know, so the so you go from complete excitement to complete devastation. And um, I literally just sat there and cried, like, most of the night and just said to everyone, come and still eat all the food. I don't want it to go to waste. Um, But I can't be social, you know what I mean? And um, and then when it was announced that they were airing the show, um, it was very mixed emotions because I didn't know how I would feel. I didn't know if I'd be able to watch it. And then... When I watched the first episode, I actually found it really comforting just to see him on TV and just to see how happy he was. Um, So I ended up watching the whole season. I mean, I cried a lot in the whole season and it was quite a weird experience when you're watching yourself on TV and you're crying at yourself, crying. (laughs) I was like, what's going on? And then in the finale, um, the publicity team said, have your tissues ready, like there's a moment with Jock and um you're gonna probably be upset and um yeah and I was like and I even saw the clip the other day it popped up on my socials and I start crying again um because I think the finale made it final like it made it more real yeah so um he was just so amazing honestly I I just took everything he said to me and soaked it up like a sponge I was like he was just an amazing mentor an amazing person um yeah, it was hard, but I also, on another hand, feel really blessed that I was part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, what is next for Rhiannon? What have you got f- 
for the rest of, of 2023. We're almost at the end of the year, which is scary. But what are some what are some of the future plans for you? Well, just last week I got made um, an ambassador for ovarian cancer fundraiser uh, fundraising um, research. Um, wow. Yeah, so I was like, I got flown down to Melbourne to do a national shoot, and the um, they have Frocktober, so it's like Frock Up. And um, it's like all about, you know, raising funds for the research of an early detection because so many women, um, once you get diagnosed with ovarian cancer, that's it, you're you're terminal generally. So, um, yeah, so it's about, and, you know, they're really working hard behind the scenes to get that. So I really am going to be dedicating a lot of my October to that. Um, I just feel so blessed. I was like, if I get nothing out of MasterChef but to be an ambassador for this cause, um, yeah, so it's like, you know, the uh, Ovarian Cancer Research Foundation, like they are amazing. The team, everyone I met in Melbourne last weekend, last week was just, they're just so passionate and so so yeah I'm going to do a bake sale at the local markets I'm going to do a massive big event where everyone gets frocked up and have an auction and yes I'm spending a lot of October going around to local businesses getting them to raise money you know and um, things like that and I've got like cooking with kids and I've got meet and greets and so I'm actually just doing a lot of random stuff it's kind of like I'm not pinpointing one thing because I'm still figuring out what I enjoy. Like I've done catering and I've done cooking for things and um, it's more just figuring out where I want to go. And I'm just happy just to, you know, get out and meet people and have a good time. (laughs) Not going back to the bank anytime soon? No, 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 no. And I'm even (laughs) trying to get, no, the bank, that's long gone. I'm I'm trying to get Dino to wind up the um, truck business because I'm going, mate, you're taking up too much of my time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I want to do stuff just for me now. <laughs> yeah, so. I finish all my interviews with this and it's at It's All Her, we're all about making life simpler and better for women. Yeah. How do you do that yourself? Um, look, I think in all honesty, like I said to Dean the other day, you know, we need to start just enjoying ourselves. Like just stop putting so much pressure to work so hard, you know. We just work hard and it's like, I said, we need to start winding back, you know, and just literally just picking and choosing what we enjoy. Um, You know, if if you're going to work, you need to enjoy it. So um, it's it's definitely hard to peel it back when you've always worked a lot in your life. Um, Yeah, so for me, it's kind of like I I put a lot of pressure on myself just to continue and continue and continue. Um, But, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to peel it back to just do things I enjoy. Yeah, I think that's a very good piece of advice because we can yeah. get lost sometimes trying to make ends meet, can't we? A hundred percent. And I think we definitely get too focused on, you know, building the big home or building the life or having, you know, so much amount of assets or whatever. And, you know, and then I just look at mum and she's retired and then she's gone, you know, and I think why, you know, it's all about doing things you enjoy. If you can really find something that you love, You know, I mean, if you had have asked me 20 years ago that I'd be trying to pursue a career in food, I would have said no way because it's what I love. And I never never made the link between what I love and a career. So Mm. I'm just trying to bring that together and it's taken me a long time, but I'm here. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it's a really 
valuable lesson that, you know, you can still raise your children and still have, you know, that fire in your belly. And and it's amazing that you never lost that and that you kept going. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's really important just to remember that you're at a, you, you are a person, you're a woman. We are strong people. Like we can, I, we can do anything really like honestly. So I think it doesn't matter whether you're 20, whether you're 30, whether you're 40, 50, 60. There's never a time in your life that you ever should go, that's it, I'm just going to settle. Like, you know, just I just like to keep pushing. I like keep, you know, like I did water skiing. I won the nationals. Like it's always about pushing myself beyond limits that, you know, I don't realise I have. And it's like for me it's always pushing for rewarding things, things that are going to actually make me feel good and um, and things that I enjoy. So, yeah, we definitely put too much pressure on ourselves. Definitely. Rhiannon, thank you so much for, for joining us. Congratulations on, on coming second and I can't wait to see what you get up to next. Thank you so much, Geordie. It's been an absolute pleasure. Lovely to meet you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of It's All Her. If you have loved this episode, please rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen. Stay up to date on socials and I will be back in your ears very soon.